Hi, all of you bootstrappers and visionaries. You are listening to the Spark Ideas podcast, where we discuss all things entrepreneurship, developing your bright idea into something that will change the world. I'm your host, Nicolette, and my co-host is the awesome Ahmed. And today we are going to be speaking to one of my favorite people in the country, actually. I don't think he knows one of my favorite people, but whenever I see him, my heart blossoms. And no, this doesn't mean I want something from you, Kisaho, but I like Kisaho. He's, uh, he's, he's good people. So we're speaking to Kisaho, who is the head of the GDG, Google Developers Khabarani Group. And um, I guess today we're going to be having a very interesting conversation about um, getting our businesses online and what that's actually going to take. So, Kisaho, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I mean, this has been a long time coming. And, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, with everything that's happening in the world right now, this is really your time. Like the stuff that you've been <laughs> telling people for years, it's like now is the time. I bet you just go around telling everyone, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> Not really. I wouldn't put but it yeah. past you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's so crazy. It's so crazy how I, I think this is a conversation that sometimes we've had, you know, that it, not enough entrepreneurs are, you know, um, tech savvy, you know, even just to a basic extent. And because of that, now, you know, we had a two-month lockdown where basically people are like, you know, hey, we, we, we you know, we can't run our businesses. No one was really... Um, ready you know with the type of infrastructure i guess to still be able to service their clients with whatever you know jobs that they actually wanted to be done or to deliver whatever product you know even just the delivery capacity it seemed like you know courier companies were kind of you know i guess serving corporates and um bigger companies who let's say wanted to make document deliveries and now suddenly everyone's all rushing around trying to figure out you know how to deliver things to various people, but a lot of the entrepreneurs did not even have um, presence online, you know, because everyone is not online. Like I'm stuck in my house, and but my business is not online. And and to be honest, a lot of entrepreneurs even now, despite the fact that they know they need to have an online presence, can't even um, you know, afford to actually put their businesses online. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. I guess what I'd like to ask is, you know, what do you think entrepreneurs should be doing now? Um, obviously, um, we are way past the point of no return um, in terms of the way that the world has changed. And so mm-hmm. what steps do you think they can take to basically kind of, I guess, cope, manage, deal and pivot in this new situation that we're in from a you know digital perspective? Okay. Uh not everybody is going to be able to do this but the the idea is get as as much online presence as possible so the first thing you might want to do as a business is get a social media presence because most of the people right now are online or if if they are online most of them are on social data and you find all those people on facebook on Twitter, on Instagram. So the best idea is to say, is, is as a company or as a business, if you don't have a social media presence, you should start uh, right now. Mm. So that's the first thing you must do. Then from there you can 
if 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 you want to go further, then you can start with stuff like websites and, and, and apps. But the most important thing is having a social media presence. Not only having a Facebook page or a Twitter page or a, an Instagram page, you have to be active on social media mm. for people to see what you're doing. And um, right now, I think you can sell almost anything on Facebook. And with things like chatbots, it's it's been made easy for you to operate a business just out of Facebook. Mm. You know, the funny thing about, you know, finding entrepreneurs who are not even on Facebook is that Facebook is free to a certain extent. Um, I would say to a large extent, Facebook is free. Social media is free. To set up a Facebook um, page for your company or your business um, is not expensive. This is something that, you know, uh, you could literally do in about 30 minutes. I just, in fact, less than 30 minutes, probably about 10 minutes, you know, just the, the easiest, just the setup, you know, the, let's say just the admin of going through it. It's something that's very simple. Um, so I think maybe a lot of people sometimes feel a bit overwhelmed by the prospect of even trying it. I don't know why people are reluctant to try new things because, you know, as you were saying, you know, um, obviously having a Facebook presence, Twitter presence, um, Instagram presence is is very important, but I feel like because social media can seem like a very big space, it can seem almost like a very crowded room. I almost think it's sometimes like let's say you know when you walk into the trade fair for the first time, and there's just so many things happening. It's like an expo, there's so many things happening, so many people. It's like oh my god, where do I go? What do I do? You know, and it it can be a bit intimidating for a few people. And I think another reason why a lot of entrepreneurs are not even really necessarily online, and even if they are online and they're not really pushing it, is I think it comes down to a confidence thing. Because I think there's some entrepreneurs that have businesses, but they don't feel confident enough to actually put their businesses out there in terms of, let's say, even inviting their family and friends to like their page. You know, because maybe, uh, I guess sometimes entrepreneurs feel a bit intimidated with the prospect of, oh, people are going to now see my business thing and, you know, the haters are going to hate. Um, people are going to be watching every single move that I make and I might be discouraged. What if no one likes my page? So I think there's also a bit of a psychological factor that comes into that as well. And if we're going to talk real talk in terms of social media marketing, like you said, you do have to be engaged. You have to put content up there. It's not just, oh, I have this page and um, that's nice and everybody should go to my page and everybody should keep on coming back to check. That never happens. You know, people aren't just going to be, you know, coming to your page to check. So you actually have to create content. And sometimes that content creation process for them can also be a bit intimidating. What didn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Like w with everything, the, the, the most difficult thing is to start. I would say just start, um, because at the end of the day, it's 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 your business. You know your business better, so people must know your business from your point of view. Corey, what, what exactly is your business? And you you are the the only person at the moment who know your business better. So I would say just start. 
it's it's it may be intimidating, but at the end of the day, um, in the in a few years, that's that's all that's gonna be happening. Everybody mm. is flocking online, so mm. the your best bet is to start now, so that mm. when everybody shows up, you you're already comfortable with 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 the 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 online space. Mm. And also, I think maybe the other advantage of selling on Facebook that a lot of people don't consider is that, to some extent, Facebook levels the playing field. You know, when we're talking in terms of, you know, let's say advertising budgets, right? Look, most entrepreneurs are struggling, especially right now with COVID. Entrepreneurs are really struggling. So in a traditional setup, you know, pre-social media, you know, if you wanted to advertise your business, you had to do some really difficult things. You had to somehow find money to put a big billboard up and then say, oh, we are selling this. Or you had to buy ad space. Um, or you had to make calls, cold calls. The advantage with Facebook, and, and Facebook, to be honest, is not really social. Facebook does not make money from us having accounts. Facebook makes money from advertising. And their advertising rates are so low, especially, you know, with us being in, in Southern Africa, are so low that the minimum is actually 10 rand a day, which I guess comes up to maybe about seven bula a day to reach about oddly 500 people and slightly more, depending on who you're targeting with your page. That is something that's almost unheard of, you know, and Apart from the fact that, okay, they're going to put your ads in front of certain people, what you also get with Facebook is that you get a bit of trust factor because there are certain things like when I'm on my timeline, I see that, oh, my friend liked this. So because my friend has, you know, liked or reacted to something, I'm going to say, oh, what did she look at? You know, what is this? And I'm going to look at it. There's just a bit of psych, um, psychology that goes into how people buy and how people purchase we re- resist to a certain extent being sold to by a company because when we see an ad that is by a company, you know, we're like, okay, in the back of our minds, we're like, this person wants money from me. There's something that they want. This is why they paid to put this in front of me. But with the social nature of Facebook, when you get somebody, you know, liking something, already your barriers, I guess, are are lowered a little bit because you're like, oh, I know this person. And it's almost like, I guess I could say, a backdoor endorsement of sorts. And that also helps you exactly with your sales. The 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 organic nature also of 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 Facebook, yeah, they 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 really did a number on us on, on on social like Associating uh, their products with 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 your friends, so mm. you get to be more receptive to a a, a business or, or or an ad, mostly because your 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 friends have interacted with that ad, and mm. and uh, that's kind of what what um, these uh, internet uh, advertising companies are are doing. So mm. Facebook, Google, you know. So, mm. yeah. And I also like the way that it's 
Uh, although it kind of freaks us out whenever it happens, you know, say like your phone is always listening to you. You'll have a conversation with someone about something and then the next thing you will see that thing and an ad like <laughs> popping up and then suddenly it's like, oh, this is kind of creepy, you know, it's like my phone listening to me, you know, so kind of feel like that also feeds into the whole conspiracy theory type of thing. But yeah. okay. Um, although, you know, as much as it is great having a conversation about social media in terms of the digital space, I feel that it's very key for um, every entrepreneur to have their own website. And this is why you do not own anything that you put on Facebook. You don't. Um, I have a friend uh, in the in the U.S. I guess I could call her a friend now. I interviewed her for a women's podcast. Um, she has this group called Champagne on Tuesdays. You know, she, she's in Canada and basically she's a coach. And so her account got hacked by some ISIS MFers, you know. And the next thing, I mean, Facebook immediately took down her account. Um, you know, so she has no access to that content. She has no access to, she can't get a new Facebook account. She, you know, she has been trying to like reestablish because she had actually created a very strong community for her business on Facebook. And I remember one of the first things that I learned was that, you know what, you should always have a way of migrating your community off of social media onto a site that belongs to you. Because at any point, if anyone does something dicey in one of your groups, on one of your pages, Facebook can be like, okay, not we've had enough of this and we're taking this site down. So it's very, very important also for entrepreneurs to realize that as much as um, Facebook is a marketplace and plenty of people that you can find there, there does need to be a plan for the migration of all of those contacts off of Facebook. Because at the end of the day, Facebook is simply a location. I, I almost say that it's almost like if you have a Facebook page or a Facebook group, you're basically renting the location from Facebook. But they can decide, just like a landlord can decide, to kick you out of that space. And then once they've kicked you out of that space, what is the next thing that happens? The next thing that happens is you've lost your location. You're not in 100% control. What is it that you think prevents a lot of entrepreneurs from just setting up their own pages or like their own websites, you know? Um, I think it's, it's the, the, the perception that owning a website is expensive, um, mm -hmm. which is not really true. Mm -hmm. um, you get that uh, a, to own a, a .co.bw website for a year should cost you less than I think it's it's around three hundred and fifty to own a domain uh, .co.bw uh -huh. and for hosting you can get uh, there are some hosting services that are are free uh -huh. and if if you can just it's a matter of uh, being able to navigate the, the the internet. You can find templates for free, and you mm -hmm. can edit your 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 those templates. And there's another uh, site that you can try, which is called Wix. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've heard of it. And I've heard of Wix, yeah. Yeah, it's a drag and drop. You don't even need to have uh, coding skills for that. So you mm -hmm. can just go there and 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 create your website. And mm -hmm. if and if you have a domain, you can just uh, link your domain to that particular uh, the the site that you just created on on Wix. Mm -hmm. 
So mm. it, it, it's a, it, most people don't have websites because they think it's expensive to own a website. Yeah, I think it's the cost, definitely the cost. And also, I mean, look, web design costs are actually crazy, to be honest. Um, you know, because I think what has happened also in, in this country is that, you know, um, there are a lot of IT graduates that are coming out. Look, they need to make bread and butter. There are a lot of corporates that do offer, you know, um, let's say a specialized web design service. And it tends to be in thousands. And if you're just, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, uh, let's say you're just a startup, Sometimes it can just seem very financially overwhelming among all the things that you actually have to deal with. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, now I am like going to have to pay this. And, the, and the, you know, the, the web designer is asking for, you know, minimum 5000 And, you know, and as much as we talk about Wix, um, to be honest, you know, it's, it, it takes a, a particular type of entrepreneur. I'm not shading anyone. Um, to be able to say, you know, I'm going to do that. Um, let, let me figure out how to do it myself. Because, you know, you had actually said, well, you know, you can Google these things. You know, you can get online and figure out, you know, the stuff. But the thing is that the average person is so overwhelmed, you know, running from pillar to post that sometimes just the idea of sitting on Google. And also, remember, this is a very technical thing. And a lot of people are intimidated by technical things and think, well, how do I do my own website? That's actually a process. I mean, I know I'm not a, I'm not a trained web developer. I can do my own site um, and I can do a lot of technical things. But that is because, you know, I had learned those skills over years of trial and error and saying, well, you know, I want to learn how to do it and I have a bit of time now and I need it for my business. But there's so many people who do not have that time and they don't have the confidence um, to actually do that. But I would encourage anyone that is listening that, like Gisafo said, it is largely a drag and drop um, sort of thing. And what we're talking about when you're saying drag and drop, it means, you know, you don't have to code. Because basically, uh, how do I explain this to people who are listening, novices? Um, uh, basically, um, a website, as you see it, is like a building. It's like a storefront, right? And buildings are made out of bricks. So usually um, the bricks that a website is made with are like lines of code, which, you know, IT people go and they learn how to write the code. So when he said they're templates, it means they are already written um, templates of websites. So the code is already there. You just need to be able to edit, let's say, the about section and remove the text that's there and just put your text. You just need to be able to change the pictures. So it can be, a, yeah, it can be a bit of a roundabout process, which is also something that we can go into it. But you can buy the domain. When we talk about buying the domain, we're talking about the name of your website. The same way that, you know, you have to go to SIPA and register like, oh, your name is bestcookies.ptyltd. Um, you would also need to register your domain name. You know, so that when people type in bestcookies.co.bw, it redirects basically towards your storefront on the exactly. internet, essentially. And that doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, look, if, if you are, you know, dead set to be honest on having a .co.bw, yeah, maybe it might cost you about 300 I've never been set on having a .co.bw. All of my domains are .com, to be honest. And... Even the hosting charge of it doesn't even need to be that much. 
um, because you can get really good rates internationally in terms of hosting um, with, let's say, companies like GoDaddy.com or HostGator, where they can actually give you the domain and hosting for 12 months for about $36, which is just about 360 pula with as many email addresses as you want. So you can also escape from that god-awful, oh, my business is bestcookies at gmail.com, which everyone looks at with a squinty eye, like, hmm, this is not a business email, hmm, you know? And, and uh, like, on, on the email part, I mean, emails are not that expensive in, even in bots. I mean, hmm. for... For about two hundred and fifty, you get unlimited emails for for a year or so. So yeah, and that's it, actually it, cheaper than what I pay because I know I pay for to connect my email to my domain. I did it with Google, so I use G Suite. So I have five dollars. Yeah. Well, it's now six dollars a month. Yeah, six dollars a month uh, with uh, good uh, benefits. The, oh no, it does. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm loving my G Suite. I, I'm like I'm like I just I. I think before when I was literally just paying the $6 a month for the email, it was hurting me. But now that I'm seeing like all the G Suite benefits, I'm loving it. I'm just like, yeah, baby, I love Google. I love you, you know. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's very interesting. But I, I think this is something that, look, as an entrepreneur, you have no option. You need to put up this website. Um, <laughs> you need to create um, an online presence and prepare for the future because like I said, this is where business is going. Guys, I feel like we're actually behind because you realize people in the States did not even, <laughs> it did not even affect their shopping or anything that they were stuck at home because Amazon exactly. is such a big deal there. Yeah, people are like, okay, now I'm buying more things on Amazon than I did before. I mean, there are literally companies in the States that have subscription payments for dog food. Do you get what I mean? Like you actually mm-hmm. go on a site and every single month, you know, to get your dog food delivered to your apartment, don't go and go into a line into a supermarket, let's say at a Walmart or something and say that, you know, you're getting to that line to buy dog food. No, it's a special type of dog food and it's delivered at your house and you order it online. And so, you mm-hmm. know, for us, it would be, it would seem so strange, I guess, to us to just, you know, get home and find stuff on the veranda. You know, but for them, it's like, oh, yeah, my Amazon packages. Oh, yeah, this company. I mean, and and the things they've been allowed that they've been able to do with that kind of capability in terms of businesses, there's just so little, they're leaving so so little opportunities to have a drop off of customers. Because imagine if you had a customer that had to go and buy something from you. And then let's say, you know, with us, since customers have to come to us for the most part, you know, and because delivery costs are actually expensive right now, I guess we'd consider them expensive, you know, mm-hmm. like, ah, 30 pull up for delivery, mm, you know, we'll think about it, we're like, ah, I should go to the shop, oh, decide not to go to the shop. You've got a situation where there, it, it's, it, it has become so normalized and it is so affordable and it's built into the cost of running the company that, that company never skips a customer because the customer's like, yeah, no, I find it. It's here every single month. It's already here. It's already delivered. All I have to do is just take that thing in. I even remember this company. You know, I'm talking about dogs. Everyone who doesn't know me knows that I, I just, I love pets. Okay. If it's furry and it's cute, I want it. I want to play with it. I want to steal it. Okay. 
Um, so from time to time, I, I like watching these videos like, oh, what are people doing for their dogs? You know, Pala here in Africa, we just put the dog outside and then forget about it. Um, for you. people who have apartments, there's actually grass because sometimes your dog will be like, look, I, my ancestor was a wolf. I want to poop on grass. There, it's, you know, they have all these apartments. There's no grass for your dog to poop on. They're literally companies that deliver grass, like weekly, for your dog to poop on. And then you put it in this little basket thing. So there is no pause. It's like, oh, my God, I need to go pick up the grass for my dog to poop on. No, it's seamless. Exactly. So, and and the e-commerce space in Botswana is, is, is I, I've, 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 I've tried for a year. We were running an experiment to see how, like, what, what, what exactly gives when it comes to e-commerce in Botswana? How, how do Botswana re- react to buying online? And, and we kind of realized that Botswana at the, at that time, this was about, uh, three years ago. So mm-hmm. we're way far away from COVID-19 and stuff. But we're trying to figure out what, as a, as a normal Mutsana, what, what, what exactly are you willing to buy online? And, and what exactly would you be doing? How would you prefer to pay? If, if, if say you are given an opportunity to pay, what, what payment method do you prefer? So we then realized that Botswana don't really like using their credit cards. And even if they were able to use their credit cards, most of them don't even own credit cards. So yeah. for you as a business, you have to figure out how you're going to deal with customers who don't have credit cards. Mm. Are you going to say, no, you know what? You don't have a credit card. You, you're not worth my business. Or you're going to figure out a way like... um how Debonair is doing. It's saying, you know what, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you to pay me when I deliver my services to you. Mm. So you, you'd say, okay, um, if you have a, um, a card or if you are, you are, you have cash, you can pay me. And then when, when I deliver your, your stuff, you can then pay me when I get there. So mm-hmm. for 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 that time we realized it, it would be easy to run a, a an e-commerce platform if you offer cash on delivery mm. or add on delivery. So that's something that's unique to I don't know if it's something that's unique to Botswana or or what because I haven't seen it anywhere else where you would have to like deliver a service then get paid after. Like, when I got to the U.S., when I told them about how our business was doing, they looked at me funny. They're like, but that's not going to work. You mm-hmm. can't deliver something to someone and, and and get paid after delivering. You should make sure that they pay first. But uh, funny enough, in Botswana, it works better if if if, if you deliver a service and they pay after. Yeah, that that is not plausible for most businesses, like most mm. entrepreneurial businesses, and that actually creates a very big problem 
in terms mm. of cash flow. I feel like um, the companies that are currently doing that, like you spoke about your debonairs, let's say maybe your Nando's, your whoever, they can do that because they are franchises. So for them, the, the risk of a customer defaulting is not going to you know, create a problem in the grander scheme of things. Do you get what I mean? But now we have got an entrepreneur. The likelihood that you need that money to actually create the product and then get the profit on top, it is not realistic for the average entrepreneur to do cash on delivery unless they're doing maybe something like food. But even though, um, unless let's say you're doing large-scale catering, you still need a deposit. And it, it really frustrates me. I know exactly what you mean. Because, I mean, look, even if you just cross the border, cross into South Africa, um, it was a very interesting thing that Uber actually had to learn. Um, that, look, when they came in South Africa, not every South African is banked. So there will be some people in South Africa who want to use Uber, but connecting a card to your Uber app might be a stretch, you know, and then they, they eventually, you know, introduce the cash system where now you could get into an Uber and actually pay with cash. But mm-hmm. that is a system that actually shouldn't work. And I don't understand it. I think maybe people have got trust issues as far as banking is concerned, because I don't like carrying money. I don't like carrying money. And I actually have a number of cards, you know, I, I have an orange money card, I have um, um I have a Payoneer card as well. Um, Payoneer is a service. It's an international service which allows you to get paid, um, let's say, for services that you offer overseas. So let's say you're doing, let's say, business. Let's say you're a gig person. Let's say you're a person who maybe does graphic design and you're struggling in the Botswana market. And let's say you want to put gigs on websites like Fiverr.com. Fiverr is F-I. Verr.com. You know, you can mm-hmm. basically offer a service like, oh, I'll sell, uh, I'll design your website for five dollars or something, right? Then yeah. um, they'll be able to process that payment and um, and then basically send you the money and pay you by via Payoneer. And then what Payoneer does is they send you a Mastercard, you know, and so then and they set you up with the U.S. bank accounts so that businesses in the U.S. can actually pay you for your services. Um, and then, you know, you can have access to that money here, wherever you are via that MasterCard. Um, and for instance, if, if I could get it, it's just that PayPal, I guess they don't trust Africans right now. Uh, they don't give us cards yet, but there are people in the U.S. that can have a PayPal card, you know, for mm-hmm. those who, let's say, get paid via PayPal. Um, that is, that, that's something that I think would, would benefit us greatly because we need to get away from this cash society. Because especially now with this COVID thing, whenever someone gives me money, I always look at that money a bit squinty eyed. You know, it's kind of like, mm. mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know who's been holding this cash, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I remember when the first lockdown, literally, whenever someone gave me change, when I went to the shop, I'd make them put in a money bag, you know, and I wouldn't touch that money for like three days because I'm like, yeah, they that the virus can survive on money for like three days. So I'm not touching that cash. Next thing, I'll get corona by touching this cash. But you get what I mean? Mm. Like we are so far behind in this, in this, in, in this whole um, cash thing. I mean, you look at Zim. Zimbabwe has basically no cash on the ground, like physical cash. But the economy is moving because, you know, we are basically using e-money. You know, so there's a lot of e-money. There's a lot of money which is being exchanged via um, 
e-platforms, you know. You look at China, people aren't even carrying cards. What, you're carrying a card? No, why are you carrying a card? People are scanning their cell phones at the, mm-hmm. at the cash register, you know, when they're purchasing. And it just makes life so much easier. And especially me, because, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't like spending money. But when I do spend money, like actual cash money, Later on, I wonder, where on earth did the money go? So another thing that I like about using a card is that, you know, at the end of the month or whenever I finally get the courage to look at my statement, I can see where the money went and I can actually um, track my transactions. So we really actually do need to move to a more secure form of, of, of exchanging money, exchanging goods. And, and I, I don't know whether it's a trust factor. I actually, I don't even know what it is. Like it's, it's mind boggling to me how people want to have money, like physical mm. money. It's, it's almost like, uh, you know, that, uh, the Scrooge McDuck, you know, how he's like to just sit on his piles of gold coins and he, and he mm-hmm. looks at it. When I have a significant amount of money, let's say I even have 200 bucks on me. I feel so anxious. It doesn't make me comfortable because I'm carrying physical money. It should be on a card, you know? Yeah. But most people prefer to look at their money. Like it's, it's a, I think it's a, uh, it's a psychological thing. If I, I know I have money by just looking at over there and seeing a pile of cash, then I would know, you know what, I'm, I have money. But if it's in a bank, I, there's, there's not that much connection to it and even even then if i have money um uh, there's there's this trust factor that um if 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 i put my card online my card details online somebody is gonna steal them so i guess most people feel that you know what i people are gonna steal my 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 card details and 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 use my 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 money you know um i don't i don't understand why why that that is so but most banks in bots don't really give out cards that can transact online and oh, yeah that's very annoying. That's, been, that's that that's been annoying me that Hmm. You get to a bank and they give you a card that doesn't transact online and you ask them, why are you doing this? They're like, it is what it is. But then for you to get a, a card that uh, transacts online, you have to pay more. Hmm. And they like, but is, and cards are supposed to all be able to work online or you need to go now to a, a like I've realized that some some banks offer cards that are online ready. Mm-hmm. So for you to get a um, a proper card, you need to be uh, of a certain bank. Mm. It, say for example, if you're a low tier client, you 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 need to be a a member of a certain bank to 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 get these services. You know, mm. and 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 it, it it's annoying. And actually, even the the bank cards that we do have right now, even if they can transact online, there's some features that they don't have. Like um, I noticed that they, there's a service, uh, I used it when I was going to, to Denmark for the Creative Business Cup when I was going into entrepreneurs because I'm so paranoid. Um, there's a service uh, with, with one of these uh, bureau de changes 
where they set up like an account where they hold cash for you and then they give you two cards to access that cash. Same account, you know, because I'm always so paranoid. Like I'll travel with the entrepreneurs and then the next thing something happens and there's no money. Um, and I was fascinated because usually what I, what I do on that trip is, especially if we're traveling separately, I'll give one of the cards to, to the entrepreneurs and I'll have the other cards. And then I'll be like, oh, no, you know, when you get at the next layover, you can get lunch, breakfast, coffee, whatever. And I know mm-hmm. I was so fascinated that that card, which I didn't get from, from, from a bank, but from this bureau to change system, could tap, you know, like pay with tapping, you know, instead of actually yeah. like having to insert it and then put the yeah, pin. It's been a long time coming. Um, I think right now they they have like uh bank uh Absa Bank has has those contactless cards. F and B has those, but then you need to pay to get those cards. Yeah, because, I mean, I have an account with Bank Haberoni. My card isn't like that. And I am definitely not ordering another card because those cards are made in Namibia and those cards are going to take forever to get here. Are they going to be without a card? But just simple like that. And I've noticed, like, whenever I go to spa, that those are the machines that they have. Basically, um, you know, you, you can basically just tap and make your payment. This is what we need in COVID era. We do not need to be punching the digits. I'll punch that pad and I'm going to get COVID. I'm sorry for spreading the paranoia. But I'm already a germaphobe. So after this happened, I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Now it's just like, i uh, just looking around. Okay, I'm sweating, you know. I'm, I'm even scared of getting into combis. Like, like that's how bad it is, you know. Like even um, with, with the car, because right now I'm using my mom's car and I get so angry with her when she's like, oh, I find her in Habron. And I'm like, how, how did you get here? It's like, I got on a combi. I'm like, no, you shouldn't be getting on a combi because, you know, you're, you're an older person. And this COVID thing is, is you know, it's, it's attacking older people. If you need to use the car, it's better that I don't go to work. I stay at home and use the car. So it's like this whole thing has also made me just view how, like, there's so many things that we are mm. doing that, you know, with the way the world is changing. I mean, even Google, you know, like Google has told its employees, hey, until 2021 or future whatever, don't come to the office. Because we're having a Every pandemic. Better. For the rest of the year, they're not going to work. Yeah, they're not going to, to work. Um, you're looking at, um, I, I met a man recently, a businessman, and he was telling me that he was actually renting um, offices at ITAL at 30000 And when the first lockdown happened, he was actually like, why am I doing this? 30K? You know what? He just said, you know, everyone stay at home, you know, and work from home. And then he just got, uh, he, he used his garage to, he turned it into like a, an office and then he got mm-hmm. a much smaller rental place and he's actually saving more money, you know? So there's so many things that have changed because of this, this COVID thing that, you know, now we're looking at ourselves and we're like, what have we been, what have, what, like really, what have, Africans, we, been doing what have we been doing? What have we been doing? You're locked in your house. And then now suddenly everyone's like, suddenly Choppy's like, oh yeah, now we're going to deliver your groceries. We ask how much, hey, 40 pula to deliver groceries, you know, and not only that, some people didn't even have access to cash, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was also like a a kind of like a learning exercise, you know, because now Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, great, I can have the 40 pula, I know we don't have groceries in the house. Maybe the permit system is taking a bit long. And then now it's like, do we even have the money to actually, when the groceries come, we're going to pay for them 
Do you get what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I had the strangest occurrence. I went to a doctor's office in Bukamoso and I didn't carry cash because I have a card. The next thing they're like, no, um, these are separate doctor's offices. We do not have a swiping machine. Now I'm trying to figure out how to do a bank transfer, you know, Imagine. of money that I didn't carry. Imagine. So it's, it's, it's hectic like that. But um, anyway, uh, I want to give the floor to Ahmed. He, he says he's going to jump in. You know, Ahmed likes to say that his part of the podcast is the most interesting, the fun part of the podcast. So there now, when I'm Mr. Fun. Ah, come on. <laughs> you know that we are talking about technology. I'm kind of not going to have fun in this conversation because I'm really pleased with the amount of development um, that maybe Kes can point it out because he's actually into the um, tech world. You know, being in the tech world, seeing what could be and what being done. Ah, no, there's no COVID here, mate. <laughs> Yeah, no COVID. You must say they were quarantining you. Oh, come on. I'm, 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 I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But um, on a serious note, you know, technology, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I think I'm so far been blessed to have um, um, tech guys in my space and to have come to a realization that it's quite important either in this era to be a developer or have a friend who is a developer because um, being a developer also um, gets to a to, to a point where the skills have been um, in high demand. I believe I'm not the only one who has seen the news that um, developers' uh, skills are highly needed. So with that being said, um, I've certainly also seen that there's an increase in demand for that skills. So, Mr. Kess, yeah. what do you think you people can do to really self set themselves apart from the crowd um either as a developer or as a person who needs to take their business to the next level because um i believe being a developer comes with challenges what are some of those challenges also that you are facing um say for instance you can't teach a a, a one-year-old or a person who's doing standard one algorithm they don't even know what you're talking about so <laughs> tell us some of those challenges that you face and what do you think as a developer or as a person who likes to hire a developer can um do to set themselves apart hey Lau, you're asking a, a very difficult question um as a dev as a developer the the the, the most important thing is to upskill so uh if despite being in demand it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to get to you. So the best thing to do now is to be the best out there. So it's it's a it's a constant learning curve and if 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 you don't if if you don't upskill you'll be left behind because technology changes almost every day. So the challenge is 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 that um technology changes almost every day so if 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 what you learned yesterday might be irrelevant tomorrow so keeping up with with the upcoming tech is 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 a, a bit challenging but it's it's a fun challenge so if 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 you are you have access to the developer communities you wouldn't have a big problem Another challenge is that um we still have a long way to go as devs in in being recognized or being trusted with work. So yes, people 
lahum rawri i want i'm 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 a i'm a developer i can make a website they say uh when from you be using a website they want those those are the kind of things that you have to deal with um but but that can be easily avoided as a dev you need to keep a, a portfolio you, you need mm. i mean most devs know how to like know the best places to get uh cheap uh cheap domains and cheap mm. hosting so yeah. but now i expect uh, every dev to have a website if if mm. if you go to kesehotumisang.com you'd find a portfolio of mine and and most devs i know in the community have some sort of portfolio that they can um that they use and if you're on github it's easy very easy to to set up a portfolio and github offers you a small small uh hosting platform where you can host your 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 portfolio so as a dev you have your work cut off cut out for you in in this era and mm-hmm. like you said devs are in demand but mm-hmm. it it also poses another issue because a lot of devs are, are out there and and if it, uh it it then becomes uh easy for devs to be manipulated or being being tricked you know mm. so it's something yeah. that you have to as a dev to be wary of to to look out for that these guys don't 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 put, put pull a fast one on you Mm. Yeah. Wow. So I think those are the few challenges that 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 um we experience. But that's that's not all. I just chose those few because I mean the, the, those are the ones that we face. Most of us face. Yes. New my vocabulary devs. I was like, yeah, is that a? a, a, a <laughs> oh yeah, developers. <laughs> Definitely. No, mm. interesting. Interesting to 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 hear that because um these times are very uh are very unique. Um, uh, we have come actually myself. I've come to really acknowledge and really love what um developers are for once um we started we started getting this um into this pandemic. So with mm. that being said, with your level of understanding and from a holistic point of view, from a scale of one to ten, where do you think Botswana is sitting in terms of engaging their developers in in the community and even um altogether embracing their gift, if I were to say? Uh, can I have the question again? Get the key out of it. Like yes, sir. a professional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I have no, to I be careful what I say. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, from a scale of one to ten, where do you think Botswana is sitting in terms of boosting their own developers and engaging them in, I don't want to say community development, um, practices or policies, but if it qualifies to be called that, where do you think Botswana is sitting? And also on, in terms of its development. Because uh, of recent, we were just talking about um, when you were talking about smart cards, the smart swipes. Um, that just came about of recent because of the pandemic. But I believe people like you have been singing the same song for over a decade ago. What, what, what's, what's kind of stopping the development of our country? Uh-huh. 
Okay. <laughs> this is going to be interesting to answer. Um most of the the developments that we we do mm. it's basically up upon us it's 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 us as devs who are pulling uh putting in the work. So mm. I would say we are at a 2 or a 3 in terms of mm. uh Botswana being developing like the the environment for for devs because most of the the environment that 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 we are working on it's something we are building on ourselves uh we find that we went out and said you know at google we, we see that you have a google developer pl- uh, program facebook we see we have a facebook developer program we want as developers to be part of that and help our fellow developers in in upskilling in those technologies uh, open source and stuff and and you get you when you when you approach a company in bots to say hey i have as a as a community as a developer community this this is what we want to do they look at you funny they're like why why but then but then at the same time say hey we we don't have we don't have developers in botswana and stuff like that but they don't necessarily give developers uh, an opportunity to say to show what they can do. So we we have this this culture where people say we would give uh, developers opportunities, but they don't necessarily do that. It's it's just mm. a PR stunt. So it's yeah. it's it's kind of annoying that companies say they want to give us a chance, but they don't necessarily give us a chance. Mm. At the same time, you find that. There are some developers who, who put a facade that they are, they are good developers, but then do a terrible job. You know, it's, it's a, it's a double edged sword. You get developers who say, you know what, I'm a good developer. Uh, give me a job. And then the company would, would give them a job on the premise that they are good developers. And then they messed up, mess up the job, which then means which then cements the the narrative that devs in Botswana are horrible. Mm, so yeah. it's, it's something that we need to 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 fix. To say if you are a developer and you say I'm a good developer, I'm 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 thinking companies should have a a sort of test to say okay, it, even though they it, it, some of these uh, jobs are are time critical. It would be a good idea to say, before we can give you this job, can you please do this preliminary job? To say, then it would make sense or, or it would help in, in quality assurance to say, if you're a dev and you say you can do this, if you can do this small job, then it means we can hire you to do our greater job. But but also uh, companies should should shouldn't shy away from reaching out to community to developer communities to say I I have this kind of job would you guys be uh, who do you think is capable of doing that because as developer communities we know who is who in the community is is good with what technology so we should be uh, the 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 job of finding a right candidate is 
made easier if you you reach out to developer communities because we would be able to to point you to the right direction as we know everybody in the community who who who's in the in the space um i i have one comment to make on that um you're right um and in talking about how um people have often been um disappointed by the level of you know work that developers have brought mm. and also i i tend to find that you know i i don't know but i've noticed that developers in Botswana are not ready or willing to cut their teeth into projects that are not being offered by big corporates you know because the thing is when it comes to apps there are people who have ideas for apps there are people who have plenty of ideas for apps you know and you know like i i've spoken to you many times like i have this great idea for this app but finding a developer who's actually like interested in saying okay let's put in the work in this we don't have the you know 100,000 or whatever to develop it but let's create a project out of it um has almost been incredibly impossible you know i mean now it's it's been a process where now i'm talking to someone from the philippines you know and it's like dude i i have people here and i feel like there is uh there's a benefit in cutting your teeth with small projects or startup projects in the country as well because i always um put it down we recently had some some attaches some it attaches um in our company and uh they obviously they needed somewhere to go and you know in bots it's not always going to be easy for you as an IT person to you know find attachment somewhere because most companies you know do not necessarily have an IT department um and i found it very fascinating that you know through let's say the years of experience that i've had in let's say working on doing my own websites and and cutting my teeth on those things that you know they would have a problem they'd have an issue and then i'll be like oh but why don't you do this and they're like well we weren't taught that you know so there is a lot of stuff that happens in terms of cutting your teeth in an industry you know when you actually get to work in it even if you're not being paid um what a developer should pay but just the experience of actually tinkering with something and actually bringing it to life that isn't happening i feel like it's almost a problem that is akin to every graduate you know i and i've heard a lot of people say this about a lot of graduates you know that you know they expect that they're going to graduate and then immediately they're going to get a job and and we deserve jobs and i'm like that did not even happen to me you know i spent years working for no pay um and and various companies you know maybe doing like um side hustles you know but the thing is i wasn't there to get paid i was there to learn i was there to watch i was there to use their resources i was there to have an office space where i sit so you're not paying me um a salary i'm an intern fine you're going to send me here and there to do these things but i have a professional environment with which i have to sit i have a computer i have access to a phone and i have access to the internet so based on that i then started a lot of the skills that i learned were not skills that i learned on the job but those skills that i was developing for myself so i find that a lot of it people are not really interested in let's say you know trying to do a small project trying trying to develop something even just getting into a startup to get what i mean to even just learn like okay this is the process of actually developing an app from scratch to whatever it is whether the app solves whether it doesn't they're very reluctant to cut their teeth like that and and i think that's sad 
Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kes. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing. Do you do you have a character of of or a personality of being introverted or extroverted? Um, it's introverted. So. Mm. He's an introverted extrovert. No, but he, he, he could, you know, I felt like just, just now when he kept quiet, it was really, it was Kes about to say, you know what? I'm talking to Nicolette. I'm about to say some BS right here. And then he's like, oh no, people are listening. So then he just, <laughs> he, he grabbed a hold of himself. I could just hear it. He was grabbing a hold of himself. Oh, Actually, the reason why I, I brought that up is because, you know, it's quite funny how we underestimate developers in terms of their character. Here's mm. what I'm saying. Um, you will come to a developer and you tell them a concept that you would like to develop, right? Um, from an mm. uh, entrepreneur point of view, I'll be talking, looking at it from um, the front end. The developers look at things from a back end kind of, 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 of a view, right? So if they tell you they mm. need one, two, three, four, five, it's, I've come to a point where I've realized that they don't have the skills to really maybe say out loud if maybe you are annoying them with not giving them enough resources mm. and the like. So I kind of caught it when you, we were talking to you and they'd be like, Ish, right now I'll be, I'll be talking about algorithms <laughs> and, and trying to solve mm. something. How do you even personally get over um, being annoyed by people who don't understand back end um, let me call them commitments or energies that you need to finish up a project. Okay. Um, the the easiest thing to do is get someone who is going to manage those people. Mm. So your you for for a you can say an agent of of some sort, a partner who who is going to be a people's your people's interface because at, at, at most most of the time devs don't necessarily want to talk to people but they would want to deliver a product so there's obviously that one person will inquire you can actually talk to and 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 call some bs with you know talk some bs with like uh, nicolette is saying but mm. It's not everybody who has that luxury of 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 of, of being able to, to speak your mind. The best the, the 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 best solution is getting somebody who who is who is going to talk on your behalf or or translate yeah. on your behalf. Then this yeah, I think that's the best option. And the other thing would be to learn how to speak to people or to, uh, how to communicate, which is. Which is a tough one, but it's something yeah. that we, we need to learn. Mm. You know, um, f- for people who don't know you, the first time I, I saw you actually when I was introduced to you by um, Mr. Sam Kempach, I don't know what he calls himself on your spaces, but um, yeah, <laughs> the first thing that I, <laughs> that I learned about you was coffee. Like mm. I thought I knew coffee up until I met you. Why do you like coffee so much? And to tell us the secret behind coffee, my guy. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I think it's, like it's, it's highly stereotyped that, uh, devs like coffee. It's, oh, oh. Yeah. It, like, if, if you have never met a dev in your life, like, I thought I knew coffee, but really coffee and <laughs> all this other yeah, funny no. bread. 
I think most developers prefer to work at night. Mm. And at night the, the body tries to go to sleep. So caffeine tries to kind of keeps us awake and you can't be kept awake by recovery. You need some strong stuff, you know? So that's why we go for, uh, coffees like Bonnes Cafe or, uh, Jacobs, Bodui Eggbets or the, the filter kind. So mm. I, I think people who do high output, uh, jobs need to be caffeinated. I don't know if, <laughs> if, 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 if has ever told you that you need caffeine to, to, to produce a lot of, uh, work. And, and this is a very, uh, high paced job. So you need mm. to, to, to be up to speed. So you need mm. coffee. Wow. Can I answer uh, it? Ah, uh, no, I, I'm definitely not going to disagree with you. I mean, entrepreneurs need like, actually, I wanted to tell Ahmed, stop embarrassing us. He's saying he, he thought he knew coffee and he's talking about Bori coffee. It's like, what are you talking about? What is he talking about? Why is he embarrassing us like this? We don't drink yeah. coffee. I don't know if he drinks green coffee. I don't drink green coffee. This is, but look, no. come on. If, if you need your hit, you, you know, you really need to get your hit. I mean, I'm such a fan of coffee. I, I love, I love coffee and I love even just the smell of coffee beans. You know, you need it. You need it to, to get your brains running because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're in development, like, you know, you're doing apps or whether you're doing web design, I'll tell you the worst thing about web, web design. This is what I always say about web design. Even if you're working with a template, you know, you'll just, Make one mistake, just tap on one key, and you won't notice it, and everything just goes to hell. And so now it's mm-hmm. like trying to figure out which commands did I put away? Where did I make this mistake? And you know, you're now going through the back end of all this code, and it's driving you crazy. And I feel like caffeine kind of also helps you, you know, to, to kind of stay sane, you know? Because mm-hmm. it can be such a process. I mean, being an entrepreneur, shucks, there are times when, you know, you you have to pull all nighters, you know, and you're looking at yourself and you're just like, I hate my life. I often say, you know, before my first cup of coffee in the morning, the world just looks like it looks like an alien planet. It doesn't look like anything mm. normal. And then I have my coffee and it's like, ah, oh, human beings. You mean they're not demons, they're people. Oh, this is nice. You know, do you know what I mean? Coffee is very important. Very important. The caffeine for molecule was isolated by Friedlib Rouge. Very important mm-hmm. gentleman. He gave us the fuel that we need. Everyone needs caffeine. Everyone. Everyone. Exactly. MMDs out there who are, who are interested in having developers in their companies. The number one secret for developers, buy them coffee. Please, please, we plead with you. And, and also, um, most devs, uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say, most devs don't respect Dress code. Mm, yeah, true. Please I'm address that. Mm-hmm. Most developers don't respect dress code. And as an MD, if you are willing to, to, if you want to, to hire a developer, be, be prepared for some guy who's not going to be wearing formal. It, mm. it, just in, in your mind, be prepared for that because it will save you Stress. Because these guys don't respect a dress code and you'd have to live with that. 
And the more you try to mold them into wearing formal, the more you lose time because that's being on formal ways is a lot of time and a lot of stress for, for developers because we need to be free. And comfortable. Very comfortable. Yes, and comfortable. Uh, Devs don't really require a rigid structure. You know, if if you are going to say you are going to come to the office at 9 a.m., leave at 5, you are not going to get uh, output from a developer that way. Mm -hmm. Devs need to... Do you know what this means? It means that I, I, I run my company like a developing company, like a developer company. I love this. I feel Definitely. so innovative and, 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 um, and, and motivated now. I feel so like far seeing into the future, you know? Yeah, in the loop. Yeah, making me feel so good about myself. Just how you've got no idea. A rigid structure is, 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 is not good for a dev. Um, I would uh, just say that. To be honest, it's not good for anyone. I think, you know, I feel like um, in a way, you know, when when we initially moved from the from the first um, industrial revolution, you know, with the factories, now we moved into like office spaces. People wanted to maintain that same consistency of workflow, you know, like of 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 um of familiarity of okay, out there, out there, but here, you know, you're in a workspace. And I tend to find that no one needs that, you know, no one, I don't find that anyone is made more productive by being in a very stringent space, by having, you know, a a space that is very formalized, a structure that is very formalized, that's very, you know, just, I guess, bland, you know, it's it's basically you've moved the factory structure into a cubicle, into an office, and it Mm. just, it drains the life because it doesn't inspire creativity, it doesn't inspire comfort, it's just... It's almost like a prison. No, actually, let's think about it. It's almost like a prison. But, I mean, it's a nicer prison. But every single day, you know, you're stuck in this particular space with these same particular things that you have to look at every day. And I think that's why, you know, you find that the more innovative companies are trying to, you know, design more creative workspaces, um, you know, trying to integrate um, creative um ideas into their building so not just oh we have a boardroom they have a they have a room for play like just go there and play or there's a room for brainstorming or there's even a room just for you to just go and sleep you know yeah. uh which is something that i mean hey imagine someone walks into an office here in, in, in boston and they see someone sleeping you know i mean there was there was a day i think it was it was it was before lockdown when i just looked at the whole team then I was like, <laughs> everyone here just looks finished. I was like, let's go sit on those couches. And I tell you, within 30 minutes, nearly every single person was fast asleep. But, and then, you know, everyone did their sleeping thing. It's like, okay, it's time to go home. Let's go home. But you'll find that the average workplace, they'll be like, oh, Don is looking sleepy. Bruh, can you sleep earlier? Why are you bringing your sleeping issues into the office? You know, why are you bringing your tiredness here? Where, you know, people have to realize that, there's so much more to creating good working cultures apart from just focusing on productivity and efficiency. Mm. Mm. Exactly. True. Oh, yes. By the way, if there are any coffee companies that would like to sponsor the podcast, we would definitely welcome that. Mm. Right. <laughs> just putting that in. 
I just need to plug it in there. I actually, I actually wish I, I knew a coffee company that I, wait, I do. Um, there's this guy, um, who runs this company called Cups and Pups. And he basically comes like to your events and then can do like, basically set up like, um, a to go cappuccino service. So there, I plugged somebody. I'm proud of myself. Mm. Hmm. Take advantage of the moment. Mm. You never Seize the day. Seize the day. Definitely. So I know that most devs are always serious if I were to say, but Mr. Kess, if I mm. were to say, if you were given three wishes and they would be granted, what would you wish for? <laughs> uh, uh, I never thought, it, thought that far. Yeah. I know because, devs. I mean, we are pra- most practical people, so yeah. huh. it it would be uh, like knowledge mm-hmm. to write code that doesn't break. That's one. Yeah. Um, coffee, unlimited <laughs> coffee. The third thing would be money. I mean, money goes, makes the world go round. So unlimited uh, money, unlimited mm-hmm. access to money. With money, you yeah. can be able to then experiment. Mm-hmm. So because you are always chasing money, we don't get to experiment or do some, uh, fun stuff. So yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm quite also interested and probably um for a person of your own calibre and your type of profession, I'm quite curious to ask what is the last thing you you, you googled this morning or last night? <laughs> uh, what did I last Google? Uh <laughs> I I'm not too sure. Please tell the truth. Don't lie to us, ne? <laughs> as you look as you look at your history, don't lie to us, ne? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, the last thing I googled yesterday, I was trying to help a friend, uh, Firebase real time database. That was it. Do you have a short summary of what that is? People, your, your, our audience will be like, what, what is that? <laughs> is that a type of food? <laughs> what uh, yeah, it, it's a, a, a database system for, mm. Oh, it's a, it's a platform that provides, uh, devs with a database authentication, you know, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's in a nutshell a backend service for, for developers. Wow. Nice. Mm. Now, I, I think you should consider being a dev lecturer. Hmm? You have, you have some skills underneath that, that, that skin, my guy. Well. <laughs> Uh, that, 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 that's not gonna happen for a while because, uh, mm-hmm. mm, institutions are not open to stuff like that. Yet. Mm-hmm. True. So, uh, actually, I will actually say this without mentioning a name. Um, I have a couple of friends who do development. Um, and the, 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 the greatest challenge that, um, devs face is when, let's say, you are teaching them about, uh, maybe some algorithms, right? 
Mm. Like you cannot limit their accessibility to try and explore further what um those algorithms can achieve or do. Now it mm. comes it poses because now devs become too curious of of the amount of of opportunity or potential behind the algorithms. And I feel like if institutions that teach or rather provide devs with this kind of courses, they should just provide unlimited um what you call it opportunities for for devs to explore their talents or even their gifts also. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think with that being said, I've exhausted all of my questions or interest. When we started this podcast, I was like, I want to know and I want to mm-hmm. talk to a developer. Now I know what a developer is. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Kess. It has been a pleasure to you should yes. have asked me. I'm a developer. How many times have you oh, seen yes. the Google, me wearing the Google Developer T-shirt? Oh, your laptop has like, Yeah, you know, yeah. I have that T-shirt. So let me let me tell you a funny story about this about our guest. Our host. <laughs> yeah. He has no manners. That huh? huh? listen, listen to how bad his manners are. Ne? I go on holiday. There I am. I'm on holiday. I'm in Cape Town. Like. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. fine. I'm not bowling. I'm not on a yacht, but I'm like, hey, I can afford to go to a yeah. few vineyards. Hey, yeah, you know, nigga hits yeah. me up. Oh shit, I'm not allowed to say nigga. Oh shit, I just said shit. <laughs> well, today's <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah. So this gentleman hits me up and he's like, oh, I'm supposed to go to this conference. It's happening right now. Yeah. So can you just yeah. go, you know, for me? I'm like looking at this. I'm like. I'm in Cape Town. I didn't come to Cape Town to do Google developers. Well, what is this? I don't even know what they're talking about. But that time yeah. I just had some shame. I don't know why I experienced shame, but I was like, oh, let me just go. Yeah. Hey, I sat there. I collected the T-shirt. People were asking me things. I was lying when they were asking me the things. <laughs> ah! After one hour, I was like, Mm-mm, I'm tired of lying about being a developer. <laughs> I took the T-shirt, I went, it's a very nice T-shirt, by the way, and I still wear it. And it's so funny because every single time I wear it, at least one person just randomly says, oh, you're a Google developer. And I always go, yes, I am. <laughs> why would you? How? Why? why? I think um, next I time I you... I paid for it with my time. Definitely. I paid for the next T-shirt time. with my time. Yeah should negotiate and buy those 007's mini mics then you place it in your ear when they ask yeah, you yeah exactly and then Kess will be answering in the background and you'll be like yeah 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 <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, I think that's what's needed because really this guy interrupted my holiday and he never he never even said sorry you know and I had to oh, bring him a t-shirt hey. as well yeah I even had to bring him a t-shirt, so I had to steal the t-shirt because I get it now, they're like, wait, he already got a t-shirt. So I'm like, no, I didn't. I need another t-shirt because I wasn't going to give him the t-shirt that I was given. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, they left full of loyalty. I sh- it had yeah. to Ah, no, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I still have the t-shirt still in good condition. Google does pay for that good merchandise. That's for sure. Okay. But um, basically, we're now going to have to wrap things up. Otherwise, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. Um, Kes, 
Thank you so much, my guy, for being on the show. Thank you to our amazing listeners. I mean, if you want to get in contact with our host, I'm going to put all of his um, contact details of how you can get in touch with um, the Google developers in Khabarani, um, as well as a description of whatever services that they also offer. If you have any comments or questions about the podcast, please do put them in the comments. Now, in line with this conversation that we were talking, you know, about how to basically get your business um, online ready or to have some sort of presence online, we are going to be doing a four-week masterclass. So the masterclass will be taking place once a week from the 18th of September to the 9th of October. So what we're going to be looking at is basically figuring out which social media channels to even be looking at, how to set them up, how to use some free tools on the internet. There are some free tools that you can use for creating graphics because I know not everyone is a graphic designer and sometimes mm. you do not have the money to actually create your own graphics like with a designer. So we're going to be showing you some tools on how you can create your own graphics. We're also going to be showing you tools on how you can develop a mailing list. Basically, you collect the emails of all of your customers so that if you're ever kicked off a social media site, you still have access and we have communicating with them. We'll be looking at some website platforms, some hosting platforms, your Wix, your host gators, and other tools that you can use for free. The cost of all four masterclasses combined is 100 for the entire month. We'll be doing them once a week. To get more information on that, send us an email at masterclass at sparkideasgroup.com. Again, masterclass at sparkideasgroup.com. But thank you for listening. Until next time, keep working on your ideas and keep changing the world and keep hustling. I know it's hard. Keep on keeping on.